Liquid Courage, the podcast where I, Amanda Pereira, sit down with a fellow female artist that I admire and ask them the questions I've never had the guts to ask them before. Sounds scary? Well, it is. So I use a little liquid courage in the form of their favorite drink. We cheers, chat, and connect as I attempt to soak up all the wisdom these women have to offer. Today I sit down with Anne Pornell and enjoy some yummy, yummy grapefruit palm base. If you've seen a show at Second City Toronto in the past, like, five years, you've most likely seen her because she's written and performed in three main stage shows and is a cast member of She the People and She the People The Resistance Continues, Second City's first show ever that features all female-identifying performers. You may have also seen her work on screen. She's written and performed on shows like This Hour Has 22 Minutes, Baroness Von Sketch Show, and The Beaverton. She just landed a role on the second season of Ghost BFF, written and created by the incredible Vanessa Matsui. You can see Anne improvising in The Oval, which streams live every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. on Bad Dog TV. You cannot talk about the comedy scene in Toronto without talking about Anne Pornell. She's an actor, improviser, writer, and a woman I admire immensely. And now I'm just going to do a good old little... Nailed it. I've worked in TV, right? That's <laughs> happened. That's happened before. I don't even know Hi, why they Anne. do that. Hi. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, actually, I do. And you do. I you don't know why they... Oh, really? No, I don't. I don't know why Shut they the clap uh, or, like, do the, the the sticks. I don't know. And are you putting me in a position where I get to teach you something? Because I legit... I love am, to learn. Like, bless you <laughs> if you're lying. Bless you. Oh, no, okay. Not so, at all. It's so that they can take the video that they're recording and the audio that they're recording. And when it goes in a spike, they can sync it up. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I really could have come to it intuitively had I thought about <laughs> it for more than three seconds. Yes. I think, it, yeah, like your heart knew what it was. Kind of, yeah. but my brain was just like, uh, not above your know. pay grade. That's above your yeah. pay grade. <laughs> well, we've also been in quarantine for how long? Have you have you filmed anything during COVID? I yeah, actually. How, uh, it was been? It was from my home and it was like literally the second week of quarantine where I was like, <laughs> yeah, I can continue to do my job. And it was like... <laughs> I would say an hour and a half of setting up because I had to be in charge with like my phone and with the camera and all of it and 40 minutes of shooting. And it was for a, um, uh, uh, like a sizzle. Um, and Mm, it was just so like, oh, this is easy, but I don't want to do it from my house. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, even with self-tapes now and stuff, it's like there's so much in it that you're like, for this self-tape, I'm going to put a little credits at the end and it's going to be like actor, uh, DP, uh, sound, editor. Lighting. It's It's too much. And like, I get so annoyed when like I see the breakdowns that us actors get and I see like non-negotiable scale and I'm like, I'm sorry, your company is literally making so much money because you're one of the companies that people are actually mm-hmm. buying from. And mm. you're going to try to like lowball actors who have no work right now? Disgusting. And so then yeah. I don't even do them. <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, then I'm not investing this time. Absolutely it's not. not. No, no not they don't happening. care. And I'm like, the, I don't need it. I will give it to someone else who does need it a lot more than I do. I'm not, yeah. I'm not about that. That's yeah. a nice way of even thinking about it. Give it to someone who needs it. Yeah. That the, yeah. Oh. Oh, I, and I just eyed um, the Palm Bays we're drinking today. 
I have to tell you. Oh, also cheers. Cheers. I've never done this little. Oh, look at your. See, you, you have been cast in a commercial and I haven't because Gotta you're go like great with the product placement. Look at you. Ah. <laughs> I just need to get sponsored by Pompeii. Is it? Yeah. This is the you only alcohol it. I drink. Thank you. Is it really? Is it the only, oh, I interrupted you and that would have been a great little place to be like, the only, yeah, so it's the only alcohol you drink is this one? I mean, kind of. Like, honestly, I'm not much of a drinker because I do live a little bit further out, so I'm always driving everywhere. So, mm-hmm. like, for me to take the subway is never worth it anymore. I am <laughs> well in my 30s and the Uber is just like, I, I have this thing where I'm like, why didn't I just drive myself? It's never, mm. it's very rarely worth the $30 Uber home. Than yeah. it is just like not drinking and like, you know, just hanging out with buddies or doing a show. So yeah. this is just like drinking pop to me. You will yeah. you will learn if you haven't been indoctrinated into the Palm Bay cult that it's just <laughs> sugar water. It's just sugar it's just water. Sugar water. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, I have to tell you, so I, I went and bought some, uh, I bought like the six pack that has like, you know, the thing around it that kills turtles. Yes. Which I will be cutting up cute I will cut them into tiny little pieces um but so I got home and I've been wiping down all my groceries with like those cleaning wipes Mm -hmm. and so I was trying to get in between them so that like the clean part wouldn't get on the dirty part that I hadn't wiped yet and whatever and I don't know I couldn't coordinate it not I turned coordinate and quarantine into one word which whatever is topical so that's fine and I get one fell and it fell on the ground and the top got like punctured somehow and I'm not even kidding you it started it was like a movie it started spinning and spraying and my apartment is basically one big room oh no so I just see it spraying it's on my coffee table it's (gasps) underneath my table like on the it was everywhere at least it's all I said it is at least it's clear it's very sticky and I'm probably still have and it smells nice yes Yes. Like, think this is basically a commercial for Palm Bay's. Honestly, pa- like, who's who even makes Palm Bay? I don't know. Oh, I hope it's. Oh, I'm scared. Is it Nestle? Oh no. <laughs> um, no, it, no. No. Delta. Oh, they're made in BC. <gasps> this is CanCon. Canadian. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what? Okay. Well, who makes these? Somebody tell us. Tell us in the comments below. <laughs> Very good. Tell us. Um, I also haven't worn lipstick in probably six months, but I had to put on lipstick for you today. What? Because and I'm like, Anne is the queen of lipstick. No, please, you've already got the title. You don't have to wear it anytime. You're still the queen of lipstick. But like, how the hell? I, but then I was like, I, I'm going to be drinking. How do you wear lipstick and also drink and like perform? And I get sweaty and keep it looking good. I literally just put it on before the show and then it wears off and then I don't care about it. I will only apply lipstick once. I am not a person who reapplies because I find that my lips get, I don't, I don't know what it is, but anytime I put on a second, uh, a reap, mm-hmm. it's so like crusty. It doesn't, mm, it's not a nice, even, yeah. yeah. And so I'm just like, maybe like my lips get exfoliated because I'm just like, mm, and then like it sloths <laughs> off the dead uh, cells. So yeah. I only put it on once or I just use like super long wear lipstick, like mm. Fenty or uh, there's like a Mac one. That's a liquid lipstick that stays on through anything. Ooh, like a stain? Yeah. Or Stains are so good. Yes. That's yes what, actually, yes. you know what? I bought a stain. I don't remember the company, but I bought a stain 
that was like a dark purple mm -hmm. and I and I messed up and then I tried to take it off and like it looked like I had bruises like I couldn't get it off it was so I got I think I got to start with the stains that are a little lighter uh, a little lighter they're a bit more <laughs> yeah, forgiving yeah. yeah yes I do find this one do you see my uh my anxiety I literally brought it over here and then I was like what am I gonna do apply it on the fucking video like no that's not gonna happen but I find this Sephora is just like regular little brands. Mm -hmm. Like they stay for a long time. I haven't tried it. Yeah, it's I not as cool as like Fenty and Mac though. Like let's just Oh really please. I there. just have like one Fenty one and I was like, this is so expensive. But I am <laughs> probably gonna buy from her new skin line in a couple mm. months when the hype dies down. Mm, does that make it get like a little bit less expensive? On the oh, absolutely account? not. But it makes it available. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like I can just physically get one. I can one. physically buy one. Yes, that's gotcha. right. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Well, um, I'm so excited to get to know you better. I, I genuinely am like so freaking nervous. And again, this is not your... I was saying like before we started recording, like me being nervous is now it's turning into I'm afraid that my guests are now feeling like they have to emotionally take care of me so I'm 100% fine and I've just always been so intimidated by you and I was listening to a podcast you were on where you were saying like you get that you've gotten that often like or before that people why do you think people are intimidated by you I am loud and a lot of people are like ah so that, I think there's a couple of things at play, honestly. And a lot of it is because, you know, we are, a lot of us are, come to comedy and acting for a reason. Maybe we're a little mm. bit socially inept. And I think I'm not. <laughs> and so we just do hang out with cohorts who have a bit of like social and, um, a little bit of social anxiety to an extent. Mm. And so I understand that I do come across very strongly. And I think people are often very surprised when a woman is just herself. Mm. And I think a lot of people, men, have mm. a lot of trouble with that because they're like, oh, I can't, I can't do what I want to do necessarily. Uh, I I feel like a lot of it is that. And then, I also have been thinking about it recently because I think about these things and like, I'm an Asian, I'm a Filipino woman. And a lot of people have a lot of opinion, like just the preconceived notions of what Asian women are like and what Filipino women are like specifically. And it's very like um, docile and accommodating mm -hmm. and very like, oh yeah, 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 no problem, no problem. But that is not me. And so I think just a little part of it could be maybe just not expecting an Asian woman to be as loud and as opinionated as I am. Or mm. maybe I'm just really rude to people, <laughs> which I can be. I don't know. I don't, I don't maybe you can be, but I don't think you're consistently rude enough for that to be the reason that. Also, I was not intimidated by you because I thought, fuck, she's rude. Also, then I, then I wouldn't be like, please come on a podcast where I'm speaking with women that I admire. It's not, imagine I start a podcast where I'm like, this is 30 women that are rude to me. I want to, I want to drink with them. Honestly, I think that's a great <laughs> idea for a podcast. Can you, like, I think it would be a really interesting um sort of study on how we behave when we're with people that we're not really comfortable with because that changes mm -hmm. right and like see mm -hmm. if you can find that common ground automatically absolutely you will because talk to anyone for five minutes and you're like oh I was mm -hmm. wrong 
and mm-hmm. they were wrong and so now we're cool <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I think so much of like first of all just your ang- feeling anxiety around other people or or people being rude to other people or whatever can be healed in a way from just like okay go sit with them for 10 minutes and talk honestly with them and t- put down your walls a little bit to whatever extent you're comfortable you know you feel safe yeah and go figure that out and see what happens and I think a lot of people have trouble with sort of uh, especially with comedians I find a mm. lot of conversations are like bits 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 let's mm-hmm. joke 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 and obviously I love that but I'm also <laughs> I also don't suffer like if I'm not into it I'm not gonna go in into your bits like it's a lot mm-hmm. of energy and I think a lot of people haven't learned not how to turn it off that but they won't allow themselves to turn it off because of vulnerability and because they feel like they'll be judged or not liked. So I, I, I do get it, but also like, I'll just sit in a corner like this if I'm not having this conversation. <laughs> oh my God. I love that you bring up this, this talking bits thing because I don't want to do bits. Like I, if I just did a show, I just did the bits. Like I want to go out and talk to you as a person. And often I just end up in a conversation where I'm like, oh, okay, I can't keep up. I'm just going to leave. Like I'm not funny enough for these people. I'm just, and this is what they want. Why did I just make that sound on a podcast? That was a disgusting choice. (laughs) But anyway, sorry about that. Be nice to yourself. Oh, thanks. (laughs) Yeah. But I, but it's just, and then I end up being like, maybe I'm just too much for people. Like I would rather just sit and connect with a person and then let's do bits once we already have that relationship. Great, let's do bits all day. But I don't want to get to know you through bits. I actually can't. I can't get to know who you are through bits. You nailed it. That's exactly yeah. why we do them because it allows us to present our funniest thing, which we've been told and conditioned that that's our best asset. So I completely understand why comedians are like, blah, 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 blah. it's because that's their best part and they want to show that off. Mm. But like, I will say, I would, a lot of my really good friends, have become my good friends because they are exactly like you. And they're just like, tell me, why are you sad today? And you're just like, none of your business. But then <laughs> but then they wear you down. And then you're like, yeah, you're right. Why can't we just talk about this? And I love that. Like, Sarah Hillier is so good at just, like, getting to the root of the problem. Nadine mm-hmm. DeJury, <laughs> oh, she is the queen of, like, how are you, though? And <laughs> at first you you're just really? like, this yeah. is, I don't want to talk about it. But then you're like, yeah, what's wrong with talking about it? It's it, it it'll make everyone feel better. Like I'll feel better because then I will have confided in someone and then someone hears a real truth about you and you learn. So And I think sometimes people are afraid of it similarly why they're afraid and me of of emotions. Like if you feel sad, you're afraid to feel sad because you feel like it will never end. But if you ask someone how they are, or if you're asked mm-hmm. how you are and you answer honestly, it doesn't mean you have to talk about why you're sad forever the conversation will end and then you can do a bit about it yes but like you've connected yeah and then it's cathartic if you trust that person so yeah I agree can I also just like acknowledge that you sort of a little bit said that your friends are like me and I and I feel like I played it so cool (laughs) but I was like holy fuck did Anne just say that her friends are like me I'm like thank god I'm recording this and I can play this back (laughs) well yeah but it's so (laughs) refreshing like honestly I I would say 80% of sort of the Toronto community comedy community are 
just bits and mm-hmm. bless them. I, like, honestly, it's like no judgment because again, like I said, it's rooted from just wanting to be funny and to show mm-hmm. your worth where you're in a room full of people who you're probably very intimidated by. You want to fit in. I completely get it. So, but it's just refreshing to mm-hmm. not have to do our jobs off stage. Yeah. And I think that's what a big oh part God, of it too so is, well is like, yeah. hey, I've been doing this for a long time. I don't, <laughs> if I'm not getting paid to be funny, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not going to do gonna, it. Yeah. Oh, your bit. Do you want me to engage? Here's my rate. Here's my agent. You can talk to her. Yeah. My HST yeah. number yeah. is 740003. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Cause then it just feels like work. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's Oh, you were able to just say it so succinctly. Like that was such a, yeah. Thank you for that. That was so yeah. wonderful. I also want to uh, chat with you. So you are, about you are a uh self-proclaimed boy crazy (laughs) can I talk to you about boys absolutely absolutely (laughs) um okay are you dating anyone right now have you been dating during COVID do you even want to date right now yeah like how is that even possible yeah is it Skype dates like what do people do I have no well first of all some people just don't listen to hey stay away for six feet. Some people are just ignoring that. And I hate that, but that's not my life. I judge it. First date too. I judge judge it. it. (laughs) But I'm also like on a first date, like, first of all, what if this person grabs your face? You don't know. And also you don't know where they've been. And I don't even mean that sexually. I literally mean that in terms of their mouth, Completely unromantically. Completely. Completely, completely, completely. I it's it's too hard. And I also find like during all of this, I am so emotionally raw and like I just am all over the place, like up, down, up, down. This is not my best version. <laughs> I, no one needs to no one should have to get to know this version of me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah, totally. You're like, I am ready to meet a mate. What can I offer? Well, I'm not leaving my house. So no. good luck with that. Yeah, and also like I just I also don't like um the the apps. I'm not into mm. the apps, but also I'm not into dating anyone from comedy, and so I don't date. I work. <laughs> That's, that is truly my truth. But like, I have crushes. Those are fun. But it's just like the biggest crush right now. And you don't have to out someone that like, we know personally, you can go celebrity if you want to. Well, first of all, Zac Efron. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes. Okay. We, I tweeted you about this. Okay. I only watched one episode. I need to watch more. But I didn't know it was a thing that everybody's thinking he's like hella gorgeous in this show. so hot and like you could watch it on mute and be perfectly happy but you could also listen to it and then be mm-hmm. like oh, oh and you I really do feel like this show is showing the humanity of like a big Hollywood person who mm. obviously has come from a very sheltered like you know I, childhood because he was acting since he was like a teen and he was a big heartthrob ever since like from a quite a young age it's interesting to watch this man who has for sure been protected very privileged like a certain upbringing um strictly in hollywood i don't i don't uh assume to know what his childhood was like but like Mm -hmm. you know you're in a bubble when you're in hollywood i can only assume i've never been (laughs) 
<laughs> but this is you seeing someone literally open their eyes to the rest of the world and to sort of the problems that are around it. And it's really refreshing that he cares to do something about it. And like, and you see that. Mm-hmm. And maybe he's just a really good actor and he doesn't care, but I don't. I feel like you're getting a pretty good look as to who he is and he's probably just like a very normal dude. Mm-hmm. And it's so refreshing. And he's so hot. He's so <laughs> well, like hot. also just giving a shit about things or like a, a an interest in learning and bettering yourself yes. is like one of the most attractive things about anybody. So yeah. that would make anyone even more hot if you didn't think they were hot to begin with. Yeah, he says something in one of the episodes and I was like, that is surprisingly quite deep. And he basically something said along the lines of, um, you, what's the sense of having a lot if you don't have a purpose to your life? Like what's the, what's mm. success without purpose? And I was just like, that is a very, it's a very evolved way of thinking because this guy probably has like buttloads of money and like men and women throwing themselves at him. And he's, he, he says, it doesn't matter if you, if, if it means nothing, like if there's nothing more to you than that, then there's, what else is there? There's so much Mm -hmm. more to life than just sort of your circle even Mm -hmm. though we're all stuck in quarantine (laughs) and we only have 10 people. So what is there? Forever and ever. Forever. Okay. Well, in general, what are you, what are you like in relationships? Like in friendships or, or romantic relationships? Hmm. Are you all in? Do you dip your toe in? Like, what do you, yeah. I think I'm a very avoidant person. Oh, wait, did you, is this like attachment theory? I don't know. It's just, I know, (laughs) I just know what I'm like and what I'm like is like, don't talk to me if I'm mad. Like I'm that person who's like, Mm. if I'm mad, you will know that I'm mad and I will not speak until I'm ready to speak just Mm. because like I have such a temper that I'm like, why would I say something right now? I would absolutely say something that I don't mean and so I'm just going to not talk. But, like, also mm-hmm. me being silently angry is not just a subtle thing. I'm like, <laughs> like, you can feel my anger, which is probably yeah. why people are intimidated. <laughs> but I, but just, like, I, I honor my anger. I find mm-hmm. a lot of people don't, but I also know how to handle it, too. Um, and that is, <laughs> I love that you're like, what do you like in relationships? And I'm like, anger, angry. Like, I'm I angry. avoid people and you can feel my anger at all times. <laughs> yeah. But like, you're so lovely. I want to get to know you. <laughs> <laughs> Just being so like, oh, by the way, I'm single constantly. I'm mad all the time. Oh, what else? Um, but truly, like, I think you just have to know yourself. And I do think that's one of, that is the biggest thing, right? Because when we're in mm-hmm. relationships, yes. The good parts of you are the enjoyable parts and what we see 90% of the time. But, like, I think a person is uh, more, like, they reveal themselves more with their, like, their sadness or their anger or the darkness. And my darkness shows itself (laughs) and doesn't want you to talk. (laughs) (laughs) My darkness says, shut up. Well, I'm curious because, um, again, I went into deep dive. I've listened to, like... I think all the podcasts you've been on and read everything because I also, you know what? I just banged my table so hard. Another thing (laughs) listeners are going to hate. I also just don't want to ask you stuff you've been asked before. Eh. Partly, you know, I get um, that. Just don't ask me why, like if women are funny and then you could literally (laughs) ask any question. That is the one that I'm like, I don't know. We're not. not Yeah. Yeah, We're not. I hate that question more than anything in the world. 
Yeah, I guess I should take it out of my notes. It was my <laughs> no. I'm just, kidding, I'm just kidding. Imagine two. All, yeah, bye bye. Imagine two. Like yeah, are women funny? Because I'm wondering if I'm funny. Like it's no. just so yeah. I fucking. There's a few questions where I'm like, I don't want it. Or just a few replies to questions like that where I'm just like, I don't even want to have to get in this conversation anymore. Yeah. And sometimes I also feel like I cannot. Like if a if I'm interacting with a man and they are talking to me about these kind of things, and sometimes I'm like I. I don't want to speak on behalf of women right now and I can't adequately speak on behalf of them. So I'm going to let them down and then I'm going to reinforce that you don't think we're funny. Yeah. Fuck. Absolutely. So I don't want to talk about this. Completely. Completely. Like, ugh. Yeah. Um, okay. So you said in a podcast that with friends, um, like it's really hard for them to lose your trust and it's really hard for you to lose faith in them. And maybe that's not true anymore because it was a number of years ago. But I'm wondering what is what's sort of that like breaking point like what's something a friend could do that's like okay that's that's I've lost like I've lost trust in you um I don't know because I haven't gotten there (gasps) that's lovely and that's because I think I am a very like I'm very I don't want to say judgmental but I'm very I'm very uh I have a lot of boundaries and so I, I, I very much like I love talking to people. I'm very open and I and I'm very extroverted. But like it takes a really long time for me to really, really trust people. And so once you're in that circle, oh, you're not getting out. You're trapped. Mm. Sorry. <laughs> so like I thought I know um, I was chatting about this with a friend a couple weeks months what is time ago yeah yeah. whenever sometime in the past last year and they were just and one of the things they said were like yeah I actually think you're one of the most loyal people and like I didn't necessarily think that of you but Mm. I've come to learn that like I can kind of do and say whatever and that it will be I will still be seen and it um it's I wouldn't drop anyone for a small thing or, or whatever. Like, I just, I like, I don't know. I think I have a really good judge of character and I just, mm-hmm. no one's lost my trust. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? Well, and it also sounds like in order for, for you to feel close with somebody, like they got to not pass tests. That's such a bad analogy, but, but there's so, you know, to get there, you've been, my God, it's like, work. I, I've drank. No, exactly. It's Thank work. You. Friendship you. is so, work. And like yeah. good, solid friendships. I don't necessarily, I've never found a fast friend that mm-hmm. has stuck around. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, and we all know those people. And again, no judgment, because I think um, there's a lot of different reasons why we act the way we act with others. But for me, it takes a long time for me to fully trust but once it's there, it's like, it's there. It's there. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to, my friends don't really have to second guess that. And I don't think they do. But I just, I don't think, like, I think friendships are the most meaningful relationships you'll have outside of your family. Mm-hmm. And so for me, my friends are my family. And if you're family, you you got to be down with like all the shitty shitty low 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 <laughs> low things right mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. that deserves to be rewarded in friendship mm-hmm. and in loyalty and in like just uh respect and valuing your mm-hmm. friends 
Does that answer the question? <laughs> I don't yes. know. <laughs> yes. I think it's a beautiful answer to be like, I don't know, because I, oh my God, what is the word that I'm thinking of? Falling vet? out? Yes. Vet. But I get vet. Like you, it sounds like in a very healthy way, like you vet the people in your life if they're going to become friends with you. So then once they're in, you're like, well, they, I don't need to like disband because I vetted them to be in this band. I think that's like an amazing, wonderful answer. And it also gives that person to be like, Oh, you're, I have to work too hard. No, thank you. And I fully (laughs) get that too. I absolutely get that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why too, that like, that's one of the reasons why I just don't enjoy dating and Mm. online dating because it is just a series of like, are you, are you a good person? And like, I'll put that time in with my friends, no problem. But with men, I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't trust men too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not happening. No. Well, and I guess, like, I wonder, too, I'm thinking about this in dating, but also just, like, after shows and, and people who have seen shows. Like, I know that, like you said, you're an extrovert. I feel like I'm an extrovert. I mm-hmm. love to engage with people, especially in friendships and there are a number of experiences in the past where like male friends who I thought we had a great mutual respect for each other have sort of crossed that boundary and misinterpreted, frankly, my kindness for consent to cross that friendship boundary when I'm like, and it leaves me questioning whether I sent wrong signals. And then event after a number of years, I was like, no, fuck this. Mm -hmm. I'm being completely no. And I'm wondering for you, I so appreciate, like I love seeing like, your Instagram or your Twitter where you just like exude confidence and you love yourself and you're comfortable with like who you are. And on stage, like I'll never forget like the scene you did where you're like taking off all the spanks and like, I wonder how do you navigate staying authentic to who you are in this like personable, like energetic, fun loving person. And then also keep your boundaries respected with other people. Ooh, that's a really great question. I actually don't know. I just have a very hard time. Sometimes I go one way and I just like, I stop being who I am and I'm just, I don't engage as much even if I want to, to like send like quote unquote, like a bitch vibe so that they don't cross that boundary. Or then I just feel like I'm leaving myself vulnerable to basically lose all these friendships. I feel like when it comes to, it's, Hmm, this is a great question, Amanda. Like, this is an amazing question. I don't know. I guess... Like, I am sure that you get guys, even without friendships, I'm sure, like, guys are going into your DM, like, commenting on you. What? Okay, the only... Uh, Here we go. What? Okay, Here we go. The only men who drop... Who slide into my DMs... Slide into your DMs, Are literal men who, like, don't live in this country and uh, maybe have a passing knowledge of English. Like, it's just random strangers. Truly, truly, truly. And that's it. That's it. (laughs) Those are the only men. Because I... As a woman in comedy, Mm -hmm. I find it very interesting that when a man is very funny and like dynamite, dynamite on stage, women just like lose their minds. And it's like, oh, is he single? It's a race to get there first. You know what I mean? Like, and we've all been. They could be a hideous man and everyone's like, he's so hot. It is upsetting. Sorry, men, I'm about to really drag you through the mud now. 
but like the most mediocre men become like hot studs as soon as they show they're funny. Women, in my experience, do not get the same treatment. While I was working at Second City, I maybe got complimented once after a show. One man was like, hey, that was great. And it wasn't even to be like, hey, can I buy you a drink? It was just like, hey, you're really funny. That was really great. I've never, ever had a man come up to me after a show to be like, sup. I've never had that experience. Why do you think that is? Because I'm Whereas, scary. Like, the, like women. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm scary to a lot of men. I think it's this idea of like, oh, she is so confident in herself. Mm-hmm. Hmm, I couldn't. I couldn't go there. I don't know. What is the end to that sentence? I know I'm so like I don't know. I don't. What is so threatening about a confident woman? And this is something like I've tried to, I've thought about. So I'm like, what is, what what is so scary about that? I don't get it. It's scary if you're not confident. It's scary if you're a small man who doesn't Mm -hmm. believe in himself. It's a terrifying. And I think that's that goes across all genders, really. Like. Mm Seeing someone in their power is either exciting and you want to be there and you want to like be around it or Mm -hmm. it's terrifying because Mm -hmm. you know on the inside that you can't get away with your shit with this person. Mm. And I really believe that. And I think that's the type of thing I exude on stage um, and probably also in real life is this idea of like, oh, no, Uh, you're not getting near this unless you're like top shelf you know what I mean Mm, and that's how I feel about my friends and that's how I feel about partners and I don't I don't like you can sniff out a shitty dude you know what I mean Mm, like yeah 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 and maybe they know it too yeah and they I maybe yeah but again I think like you have to ask the men that like I don't know why I'm not getting a thousand phone numbers every single (laughs) night (laughs) well and I guess I wonder too like I find sometimes like in the past if I'm like this weird thing where like I like to make jokes that are sexual in nature, like completely professionally, but mm-hmm. I think yeah, yeah. those are funny or like whatever. And there have been times where like if I'm doing an improv set and I made a sex joke or something and then afterwards someone's referencing it and I feel like I have to say like, okay, just a little footnote here. Like I don't want you to hit on me. Mm-hmm. Like, like why? Yes. And, and I wonder how you navigate those boundaries or like, cause you don't want to walk around being like, I said it on stage, but not right now, <laughs> you know? Well, not from, in real life. I would say if this person is an audience member, like this has happened, like, uh, mm. I guess. So I guess I have been approached after shows and so what I will do is if they're an audience member, I will simply say, yes, thank you so much. Have a wonderful night and walk right away. Just, done. Just say yeah. thank you. I appreciate you. I'm out of here mm-hmm. because you don't owe anyone your time. <laughs> if they're going <laughs> yeah. to only pick out the one like sexual thing you said in a 20 minute set that mm-hmm. tells you what they're listening to. Mm. If it's another improviser, <laughs> get out of here. I will literally say that. Which will is probably really? yeah. What like get out of here? That's so dumb. That's so yeah. like. Who do you think you are? But again, yeah. no one's ever said that to me because that's exactly what I would say to them, and they know that. <laughs> but maybe that's just what. Maybe I just need. I, I need people to think I'm scarier. Like I th- you said, scary. I'm like, okay, great. I want to fucking be scary. Like I, that's what I want now. I mean, <laughs> I. <don't- laughs> 
maybe it's scary or maybe it's just boundaries and making them very clear. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and I wonder too, like, I really do think, again, like I, I don't know you, but my perception of you is like, I would say, yeah, she carries herself with like a fuck ton of respect for herself and she knows her worth. And I do think that those things emanate and show people how to treat you. And so definitely if you're walking around like, no, no, I know what I'm worth and I respect myself, then other people are going to be like, oh, fuck, like she's worth something and I need to respect her. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Or it's like, ugh, who does she think she is? Oh, well, genuinely fuck those people. Truly. That's just, yeah, that's just like, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Like I, and I also am the first person to admit to also like, I don't know. I don't know when people are hating on me Mm. oh so maybe it has happened I don't know I don't know because I feel like (laughs) I've got good intuition and like I can feel when someone's vibing with me but they're not flirting but I'm like just get to the point already like what what is this about (laughs) like that's definitely happened like one or two times Mm -hmm. but I truly don't know because um I think I'm pretty cute and I'm pretty talented. So you tell me while I'm still single. (laughs) (sighs) It's so steamy now. Is it hot? Oh my God. Also like, look how shiny I am. Cause I also had, I turned off the air conditioner and Mm. I'm sure my dog is pissed, but she's fine. Like I'm watching. She's fine. (laughs) I just think it's going to be too loud. Um, Okay. So I know once in the beginning of your career, when you were getting into comedy, I know you kind of said that like you sort of ended up, finding yourself in these opportunities by accident, like sort of accidentally auditioning for Skechersons or like yep. being like not auditioning for, I think it was Edco that your education company at Second City, not auditioning and like getting cast. And so I'm wondering, because I'm completely with no evidence of this. This is just how I would feel. Did you, what was your experience with any sort of imposter syndrome going in there? Or did you feel any at all? I definitely do. I mm. think that's something that, most women will struggle with for our entire careers because you know what I mean though because like do you ever find that like you you'll you'll hit a couple weeks where you are flying high and you're like I'm the shit no one can fuck with me yes I am (laughs) powerful and so is everyone around me but then there's days where you're like do they know do they know do they know that this is all fake and that I just want to lie in bed all day long? <laughs> like, do they, <laughs> the fuck? Like, so, I don't know how much longer I can keep this up. And I yeah. think it's important to listen to those voices because it mm-hmm. kind of tells you sort of like where your heart is and what it needs right now, but also to not dwell on it because mm-hmm. men and the patriarchy uh rely on you doubting yourself and Mm -hmm. so for me I'm like who benefits the most from me feeling shit about myself white men and Mm -hmm. I don't want to give them that pleasure (laughs) you know what I mean yes yes and so I feel like my confidence is very much an act of rebellion and so when I do get those moments of like Oh, I'm not that funny. Oh, I like, I think one of the things that I'm, my imposter syndrome right now is how it manifests is that I don't think I'm a good improviser. I just think I'm charming, but I'm like, 
what's wrong with that? <laughs> a lot of a lot of people are good improvisers and they're not charming. And they're and not I, charming. And I can name yeah. them, but I yeah. won't. <laughs> I would also argue that you're both. Which like well, thank you. whatever you like of course it is I'm validating how you feel, but also I'm gonna be like, mm, I think you're a charming and you're a fucking fabulous improviser I think you're both and I think when you say it out loud to friends and to people you trust and the people that you respect you will hear that back and you'll be like oh yeah okay you're right that was just me Mm -hmm. kind of feeling like I need to be validated and Mm -hmm. so I think that's what a lot of imposter syndrome is it's Mm -hmm. and it's completely understandable because there's so many people and forces and systems at play that want us as women and as people to feel shitty about ourselves because when we feel Mm -hmm. bad about ourselves that's when we behave badly that's when we buy things so that we Mm. make ourselves better or we make ourselves look like we're better you know what I mean Mm. yeah Um, absolutely yeah there was a quote that I read once um and I can't remember who said it and I would love to credit them uh they said something along the lines of like if imagine imagine everything you could accomplish if you like stop doubting yourself like all the time you spend doubting yourself how much does that equate to a day and sometimes if I am really going down that spiral I'll just think like okay I could spend the next hour doubting myself or I just gained an hour what could I do should I watch a show should Mm -hmm. I like create like what should I should I have a nap like Mm -hmm. I just was gifted an hour but I do yeah, I think it's really easy because while while it's like while we're busy doubting ourselves, then men can rule the world. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yo, why do you think they put us in high heels? It's so we can't run away from them, <laughs> and that it takes us longer to get places. I'm yeah. sure on both airy on both ends there. Yeah, we don't have pockets, uh-huh. so we can't carry things with us. So we need oh. someone to do it for us. I know. I had some guy the other day. I was at work and I had my apron on. I'm a server. Sorry, I have my apron on. And a coworker was like, oh, you brought your apron to this training? I'm like, yeah. And he was sort of like acting like, oh, you're such a brown noser loser. And I said, yeah. And also, and I sort of fed into it because I was like then trying to play like the cool kid. I'm like, yeah, it's great because it holds my phone. And he's like, well, why don't you just put it in your pocket? I'm like, newsflash, women's pants don't have real pockets. So fuck you. And then he's like, put it in your bra. And I'm like, no, I don't want it beside my boobs because I'm afraid that it will give me breast cancer, whether that's true or not. And then he started discrediting. And I was like, do you have boobs? Anyway, I just got so Ugh. frustrated with this guy. I was just like, whatever. Get that out guy of my sucks. Day. That he guy does suck. He can't find conversations to have with people. So he just <laughs> criticizes them. That's he what it is. That I'm wearing my uniform at work. I'm like, whatever. Also, kid. stop telling, like, here. don't talk about my bra. You're fucking gross, yeah. buddy. Don't tell Ugh. me to put my phone in my bra. Yeah. Yeah. Ew. Like, I'm not wearing one. No, anyway. I was, and then that, and then what will that conversation and then, turn yeah. into? Oh, yeah, exactly. He'll be like, well, you're the one who told me that you weren't wearing a bra. Yeah. Anyway, it's a lose-lose. It's always a lose-lose. Truly. You know, it truly, <laughs> truly is. It really um, is. I'm also curious, like, in – so I'm just going to say, this is my opinion, but I'm saying it as fact, that, like, I truly believe that, yes, maybe you – it was by accident that you auditioned for these things, but, like, so deservedly so, because even as an outsider, you are one of, like, the most hardworking people that I can think of. Thank you. And you're also so fucking talented. And so I'm curious what your experience is like with any jealousy from people around you, maybe in, like, early days when you sort of were – 
succeeding in these areas where maybe people had been trying for longer than you and hadn't yet succeeded? Like, what were those experiences like? Oh, they were always with men. Always. Really? Always. And not with women. That nope. is so interesting to me. Nope. 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 And maybe I wasn't paying attention or it wasn't brought to my attention. But any feelings of, oh, I should have had that has never come from any woman that I know. None. That's They've amazing. always been men. And the one that comes to my mind <laughs> is when <laughs> I was in the Skechersons mm. and um, I had been on and off uh, doing the news, uh, co-anchoring the news with Brendan Halloran. And mm-hmm. he was leaving the troupe and he just gave me the news. And that's how it was. That's how he got the news from Bob Kerr before him. It's just passed down. There isn't a, hey, we should vote or we should mm-hmm. all have a say. It's whoever is at the news desk, they decide who to give it to mm-hmm. um, for whatever reason. And I remember, so I got it, the... Everyone in the troop was told, and a bunch of these dudes <laughs> immediately, like, just we, there was a group email, and just three dudes, I'll say, were just like, I don't think it's fair that Anne just gets it. It should be based on a merit system. It should be based off of seniority. It should be based off of na 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 And I'm just like, when has that ever happened in this troop? I was going to say, is that what happened with no. that guy or the guy before, the guy before that? Like, what Absolutely is- not. It's never happened to any of the white dudes that was doing the news desk. And mm-hmm. so I thought to myself, why? That's not how, that isn't how it's been done. And yeah. I actually really do understand where they're all coming from. They wanted to try it because like, it's a good way of honing a skill. But the way they came at it was just so sexist Mm -hmm. and so entitled to me that like obviously I doubled down and was like nope I'm doing it by myself because I would have loved like honestly I would have loved that job is very hard to do to write copy Mm. jokes every week and it's what ultimately gets your brain ready for things like uh, 22 minutes or Beaverton or other news satire shows so I understand Mm. why all of these people really really wanted it but to come at it from place of like well why does she get it Rather than, hey, would you like to collaborate? Like, if that had been said, I would have been so open to it. I would have happily, happily done, like, I'll be the co-anchor and then we'll just do rotating rotating, people. But I really would have loved to do that because A, it would have made my life a lot easier. And B, I'm not about to exclude people and, like, I'm not trying to hold anyone down. But the fact that they thought that they were entitled to that made me be Mm -hmm. like, no, sorry, I'm not doing it with you because they just felt like they should have gotten it over me. And I'm like, because they're men. And then that's the only thing it comes down to, really. Absolutely. And I think back of like, I think of those three dudes who sent those emails being so like upset that it was just given to a woman. Mm -hmm. And I think about that when I got um, my job at 22 and those people didn't get those jobs. I think about that when I get hired from Beaverton. (laughs) I think about that when I get like Second City. I think about that all the time. And that's the thing that drives me. It's this like male entitlement that is around us. It suffocates Mm -hmm. us in the Toronto comedy community. Mm -hmm. And it's only men because I tell you, I've never felt this from women. Do I get 
Oh, I wish it'll happen for me. Absolutely, because we're yeah. we're it's opportunities are so hard to come by in this mm-hmm. in this fucking industry. Mm-hmm. But it's never like I should get that over you. Over you. And that's the difference. Because yes. I, I mean, listen, jealousy is like a natural, as much as I might feel ashamed whenever I'm jealous, it's a natural emotion, mm-hmm. but it's, but your actions are up to you. There is room for me to wish that I got an opportunity and also be so fucking thrilled and think that my friend deserves it yes. more than anything. You know, you, those can coexist and it doesn't need to be, oh, well, I should have it over them. Yeah. Like, what is that energy? I don't know. It's it's small thinking, right? Because that's mm-hmm. very much a, there's not enough opportunity to go around. So I have to take this for myself. Mm-hmm. And that's like small minded thinking yeah. that this yeah. is the only thing for you. That's not true. There's mm-hmm. a million opportunities at any given time. Mm-hmm. You'll find the right one or you'll work really hard to make yourself ready for when that opportunity comes knocking at your door. And I think mm-hmm. that's what it is. So as much as I've stumbled but first into all of these opportunities and I really have I'm also ready because I've been working for so long and I work really hard and I keep focused and there's a lot of things in my life that I have sacrificed to sort of get where I am today in my career and Mm -hmm. that doesn't come with sitting at home being so sad that I didn't get x y and z it comes from Mm -hmm. oh I didn't get that okay well Clearly, I need to work on X, Y, Z. And then Mm -hmm. I'll go and do that. Or I'll be like, you know what? That wasn't for me. I don't really actually want it. I'm glad that whoever got that instead. Mm. Because there's a, there, it really is like, I, you have to be a little bit delusional to be an actor and to be a comedian. Mm -hmm. And I lie to myself all the time. Like, (laughs) my, my time will come. There will always be something for me. It'll work out. No, but you have to because what you kind of have to. Like when I actually sit down and think of like the statistics of how likely it is that I will actually be able to make a living at this. I'm like, no, 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 no. No. That's why people leave. Yeah. (laughs) So I have to ignore that. I have to. Yeah. I have to stay a little bit delusional. And you know what? It's what helps propel you. Like I have always thought, like even from the beginning of uh, this path I'm like no I'm gonna be big and that's Mm -hmm. the thing that sustains me when I don't get a job opportunity because (laughs) there's a lot of things I don't get (laughs) you know what I mean like yeah I I've achieved x y and z but there's also a b c d all the way up to x y and z that I didn't Mm -hmm. get but we don't talk about that because what's the point we only talk Mm -hmm. about our successes but like I've Mm -hmm. failed many times see and that's like this feels sort of like sadistic to say, but it's very, it's nice to hear you say that because I think it's so easy to see you and like so many people at your level that, and I just think, yeah, they get everything and deservedly so. Like they're fucking killing it. But of course, I mean, you're not going to go on Instagram and be like, well, didn't get that one. I don't know why I like purposely went to my phone like that. But you know what I mean? Like, of course. And you're going to share that with your close friends when you're disappointed. No, Instagram is curated. Like everybody knows that it's been said a million times. Mm-hmm. But it does, you have to remind yourself because it's very easy, especially like I so often feel like everyone around me is uh, doing and everything career and doing everything and I'm just stuck right here like trying to pedal working hard and I'm not making any movement yeah you know and so but that's you know, not the reality yeah. 
Like, the reality yeah. is we get rejected 99.9% of the time. We only show the 0.1 part of us succeeding. <laughs> yeah. Because then we would be on our phones every day talking about how brutal that last audition was <laughs> and how much so you true. did not come prepared for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or even you'd be sitting there being like, well, another day where I didn't get an audition. Like, no one's going to do that either. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah. You said that you've had to sacrifice a lot. I'm, I'm wondering, like, what's what's something that you've sacrificed that was sort of like the hardest one to decide to sacrifice for sure a relationship like I've been single my whole life yeah and that's because I will not settle for garbage (laughs) (laughs) and unfortunately sorry a lot of the (laughs) men in our community just don't live up to the Mm. standards that I hold and you know what maybe I deserve to be knocked down a couple of pegs but Mm -hmm. it's it's not even a matter of like you're not good enough or whatever it's like who do I think would be compatible Mm -hmm. and there's like I, I I am surrounded by incredible human beings and so I already know what it feels like to be treated amazingly by my friends and by my family Mm -hmm. I'm not gonna I'm not going to not settle for that. Like, I know mm-hmm. what I want. I know how I want to be treated and I deserve to be treated well. And it's not to say that men have treated me poorly, but it's like, I would rather, you know, be at home watching a, a show or like writing in a journal or going out and doing a show rather than being on a dating app. Mm-hmm. And like, that's a pretty... For me, that's a big sacrifice because, like, mm-hmm. I'm well into my 30s and I haven't had a um, a meaningful romantic relationship with anyone. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, when will it happen for me? But I'm also just like, I've had a really fun fucking life. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it's well, fine. And I'm sure it's hard, too. Like, if you don't want to date anybody in the comedy community, which I totally understand, and then you are so like hardworking and busy, like you're always doing shows or you're always booked on something. Yeah. It's like, when the hell is there time to meet people anyway? Yeah. And I also find like being on the apps and sort of like chatting with people, it's a form of being on, it's a form of entertaining Mm -hmm. someone. And when that's already our job, it's so hard to have to like do that outside of a stage. And it's a lot more, it's a lot more work and it's a lot it is it's a very vulnerable thing to go and meet people and go on dates and I'm not that vulnerable (laughs) (laughs) so that that's I guess a big fault of mine is that I'm very closed off I'm angry Mm -hmm. I'm closed off what else (laughs) um constantly single it's so funny you've said all these things about yourself and I'm like I don't see that at all and then you'll say to me you're like you got to be better to yourself I'm like and you called yourself rude scary although although, to be honest I feel like scary doesn't feel like I feel like scary is like fuck I want to be scary like I don't know I see scary as like maybe because I like scary spice but I think because scary is like I think it's always the grass is always greener you know Uh, what I mean Yes. Yes. Because, Anne, can I tell you? Okay. So I, I am in a long-term relationship with someone we've been together for 13 years. So like, yes. And I adore the hell out. Like he's just the most wonderful human being. Honestly, he is. And when you say that, when you're like, I haven't been in a relationship because I've been focusing on my comedy or, and, and my, not just comedy, my whole artistry, 
a tiny voice inside is like, oh my God, are you, should you have done that? But I don't want, but then, but then I always go to, I'm like, oh, not should I have done that? Because, but almost the little voice of like, oh, she, this is what it is. It's, oh, Anne is more of an actor than you are because she was willing to sacrifice. And in my head, I'm like, I don't want to sacrifice this person who I adore and love, but the grass is greener. I think it is. I think we can get in our head about like, oh, should I have done that? Does that, would that have made me a better performer? And I'll say this. It's so funny that you say that exactly because the way I feel about it is like, Mm -hmm. how can I tap in to those emotions of love and those things like that, like, you know, um, for acting, if Mm -hmm. I haven't felt that. So I feel like I'm at a loss because I haven't gone through the motions of what it is to be like in a relationship. And so it it really is a fine balance of like, yeah, 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 yeah. I've gotten this far without um, focusing on relationships, but there's also a really big deficit. Like mm. I'm playing it off very cavalier, but like it is lonely. And especially in times of quarantine and COVID when you are truly limited to a specific number of people you can see, there, yeah. it, you do get isolated and you do feel lonely and that's there like that's always mm-hmm. there but it's also not the thing that will drag me down for an extended period of time because mm-hmm. I know how lucky I am in other regards and it's always important to remember that like mm-hmm. you know what I mean like so there's like a lonely little part in my heart but she also gets to go to Croatia and Berlin on her own. So, oh my God. And your travel posts and your Instagram, like, insufferable. No, the op- I am truly just living vicariously through. And your outfits and your bathing suits are always so beautiful. I swear. I'm like, does she have a designer that just like makes all of these? Like, how does she find all these beautiful prints and these beautiful cuts? Like, yeah. And it's so funny because, like, I didn't wear a bathing suit up until maybe I was 27, 28. Really? Yeah. Yeah, because that's, like, th- it's so funny because mm-hmm. I know sort of the the broad picture that I present to the world. But, like, mm-hmm. I, didn't, I wasn't born this way. <laughs> like, it's taken <laughs> years of work and, like, patience and self-reflection and being kind to myself to get to the point where I am now and so now I can be like "Mm, like in my little cute bikini but like in my 20s when for sure I had a smaller body I was like no nobody wants to see that I don't want to see that that's gross I couldn't possibly get away with it but the older you get the more you learn the more um willing you are to open your eyes to like different forms of beauty and how like different bodies are beautiful no matter what that takes years Mm. to undo all of the hardwiring of fat is bad fat is ugly um which is like programmed into our dna as human beings like it's everywhere right and so like it, it it takes work and you have to be aware that that messaging is out there. And I don't Mm -hmm. think I clued into that until I was in my mid-20s. When I started reading things like Shrill by Lindy West, and I was like, what a revelation this book is. But like, Did you you like the show? Did you see the show? I love it. Okay, book or show? Book or show? What did you... Well, they're different, right? They are. They are very different. Yes. So both. So good. It It was was so good. Yes. Sorry, I interrupted you because I... Yes, that's such a good book. (laughs) That's a good book. But that's what it is. It takes – and so I found that 
while I was working on myself, that helped my career also take off because Mm -hmm. to be successful in comedy, you kind of have to have a voice and you have to know what you want to show the world and also know what the world sees of you, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that's another big part of my success is because people see what I look like and they already have these preconceived notions as to Mm. what an Asian woman will be on stage, what a fat woman will be on stage, what a fat Asian woman will be on stage. They're like, "Eh." and then the second I do anything that will counter that people are like, "Ah!" they're so (laughs) impressed. And you're just like, you're so dumb. (laughs) I know what you look you. I know when you see me, you think I'm quiet or submissive And Mm -hmm. I just have to not be one of those things. And automatically your mind is blown. (laughs) I have to be confident. That's all I have to be. And people are like, oh my God, she's so confident. Good for her. And so the messaging behind that is also like, why wouldn't I be confident? That's what I was just going to say. Like, how does that ever bother you? Because to me, I'm like, what do you, why is it impressive that she would be confident? Like, that feels like a backhanded compliment. Do you know what I mean? Well, not do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I shouldn't be... Yeah. It absolutely is that. you're talking about. And I'm like, do you want... Do you get it? <laughs> like, fuck, sorry. That's not a way to say no, that. No, no, no. I absolutely get it. And, like, I used to care a lot. But then mm-hmm. I'm like, well, what do my family and what do my friends think of me? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. important. If I made you laugh, good. You got your price of admission at this show that I'm performing on. But I don't owe anyone anything else other than that. If people get more, amazing. That means they've connected and they were able to see themselves in me. And I think Mm -hmm. um, that's a huge part of it too. So it's like, at first I would be like, well, why why shouldn't I be confident? But then... Mm -hmm. Sometimes the people who are saying those things and thinking those things are women who are exactly like me and they don't know any better. And so if I can make them believe for one second that like a fat woman can be fucking awesome, then maybe they'll believe that about themselves. Mm. So at first it was like, ugh, fine, I guess I'll take your compliment. And then it turns into, yeah, man, and you are too. You're equally as awesome. So mm. what's up? Fuck, and you should be like a life coach. Not you should. I, don't have <laughs> I really you, like, shouldn't. My, my room God. is disgusting. No, <laughs> it's truly. I have Please. like old food everywhere. Just a bag of like junk food right here. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen. I'm pretty sure I did not fully clean up all the palm bays that have that. I also think I'm saying bays, palm bay that palm spilled bay. all over my entire apartment. Um. <laughs> This is sort of like a heady question, but when you were talking, I thought like you mentioned like getting to know your voice and like you have to have a voice. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes, okay, so this is a very chicken and an egg thing for me. Um, I don't know what the fuck my voice is, but I don't want to be an artist like I am. That's just, that's taken a very long time for me to be like, no, 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 you're not aspiring like you are. Mm-hmm. But I don't know what my voice is. And I used to think, well, I need to figure it out first and then I have a right to creating. But I'm like, but wouldn't, don't I figure it out through creating? And I, I get, and then I get so confused that then I just sit down and watch Bob's Burgers because I get like so overwhelmed. So like, yeah. what do you, yeah, how, what was your sort of experience or process in like figuring out your voice? That's a loaded fucking question, but. No, it's a great one. I would say working 
towards getting Second City is what helped develop my voice. Because I like literally work for their children, like not their children's show, their education company. It is though. I did that for five years and I'm like, why aren't I getting ahead? Why aren't Mm. I moving up? What is, what is going on? And then so like, you know, you would take a meeting with the producer to ask for feedback. And of course it's full of shit. But, you know, um, it it really was, okay, well, if I'm not getting Second City, then I have to find success somewhere else. And that doesn't mean I'm going to quit Second City because it's a job and why would I give up money? Mm-hmm. Um, so I did things like the Sketchersons. And when you have to write a sketch every single week, minimum one sketch, you quickly find what you think is funny what you write again and again and again and then what people cast you as and like what is the void like when someone else is writing and they cast you in something what is that character who are what are they about sometimes it's nothing sometimes you're just getting cast as uh just child number three in a daycare scene but sometimes like a lot of the times I would always get sort of like uh like the one making like the smart ass comment or (laughs) whatever and then Mm. I would be like oh okay so people see me as like sort of a sassy person who can get away with saying some like kind of mean things (laughs) and I took that to heart and you 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 just learn Mm -hmm. through creating Mm -hmm. but it was just it's through creation that you figure out what your voice is because I definitely didn't have a voice when I started at the Skechersons and then after doing it for four and a half five years you you you, you figure it out it happens yeah and even when I started my career I didn't I was like absolutely the person who was like I don't want to do political comedy I just want to be funny mm-hmm. and then you're like that's stupid <laughs> but I don't I don't begrudge anyone who yeah. wants to but for me I look at who I am my opinions and the fact that like if I have a platform, I want to use it. Mm. And so how can I incorporate my comedy into what I want to say? And that's what your voice is, right? The things you care about off stage, finding their ways on stage. That's what your voice is. The things that you keep bringing up in improv scenes. The things that you keep writing about. The things you keep joking about. Like, y- you know what it is. Sometimes you just don't want to see it because you're scared. And sometimes you're just not paying into it or paying attention to it because you don't see the value in it. But I, I think everyone kind of knows what their voice is. And not every voice is political too, right? Some people are quite absurd and that's their voice. And there's it's not any less uh, valid than someone mm-hmm. who focuses on political satire, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I, I often find, I often feel like very inferior to people who can um, just whip out like, a topical reference or like who who are really good at crafting political satire actually and it's made me um turn down shows like because i'm like mm. nope i'm not good enough for that or like nope i'm not going to be able to rise to that occasion not doing it not doing it um and that's only in the last little while that i and it's only because someone else said it to me it wasn't even my own idea that just like you can be just as valid and not do political satire right now like mm-hmm. that's okay you yeah know? so yeah because, you yeah. know, as a woman in comedy, it is, we are political. 
we are inherently political by just being and taking up space in a very male dominated industry mm. that like that is our pov that what that is what our voice is to be a woman or a person with the experiences behind us like that is our voice right everything that uh has led you to being on that moment uh, on that stage at that moment and sometimes it's silly goofy like i would i would say that my voice is as horny as it is pol- <laughs> like as sort of socially pol- like uh socially uh commentary you know what i mean mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. i love talking about um my gender my mm-hmm. race and my body but I also love, you know, like being a dirty little troll and being like, give me your pubes, you know, <laughs> yeah. and that's not any less valid than when I make a comment about uh, the patriarchy. <laughs> yeah, you're Different like pube political, you know, Just pube like, political is pube absolutely political. making a comeback <laughs> because in quarantine, none of us care about our privates. Oh, like, <laughs> anything. like sometimes I'm like, when was the last time I washed my hair? Oh, or this like, was like changed a shirt. Yeah. Yeah. I've been yeah. wearing this dress for three days straight. And I, I don't love care. the floral dress though. No. What Thank the heck? You. I want to show you. It's like so <gasps> nice. And it's oh, from it anthropology. Has, it's got, like, feathers on the bottom? I don't know. Let's Or something beautiful color too. It's stunning. It's from Anthro. Oh. And look- <laughs> I paid you enough for it, should- so I'm gonna wear oh. it. <laughs> You're like, I'm showing off the whole thing. You look like you yeah. should be in Greece or something. Oh, I wish. But... You're always traveling in my mind. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> like, sometimes I'm like, how is she able to accomplish so much here in her profession and also be traveling the world? Like, what is oh, happening here? <laughs> I literally like, I pl- I just look for those breaks, and I'm like, well in advance. I'm like, when is the yeah. first time I can like leave because I didn't always uh, travel so much like I didn't travel in my teens and in my 20s because they couldn't afford it but then I started working a bit more and I was like I deserve a break and there's Mm -hmm. no better way to actually stop working than to physically remove yourself from the country and that's what it came down to like after Mm -hmm. I left second city I literally left the country for two months I went to Asia for two months. That was the only thing that got me stopping, that that stopped me from working. Because as soon as I got back, I was so worried when I was like in a traveling through Asia being like, where's the next job going to be? Because as a comedian, you're like, well, Second City was like the top job to have for live performance. So when I got back, I'm like, oh, I really got to figure out, am I going to write a show? Am I going to, am I going to work on a fringe show? Like, what am I going to do? And then She the People happened, and then 22 Minutes happened, and then Bob Curry uh, happened all at once. And there was a eight-week period where I was doing three jobs. (laughs) And so I was all three of those at the same time. And from like mid-August to mid-September, I was doing um, Monday to Friday, uh, 22 minutes. And at that time, the office that I was working out of was in the East End. And I would have to drive in and out of rush hour. So I was in traffic for an hour and a half both ways. So for three weeks, I had to do that. And then finish up the directing of the Bob Curry, the Second City, like diversity and inclusion um, program. That had to also be, I had to go to rehearsals. I had to figure out a running order. Uh, Thank God I had my beautiful love of uh, my life, uh, Brandon Hackett, who was one of my best Mm -hmm. friends in the whole world helping me co-direct that. 
and then she the people on Thursdays, Fridays, Saturday, Sundays. It was intense. And then I was doing double duty of uh, 22 and she the people from September until December. And as soon as that happened, I'm like, mommy gonna go to Paris. I was gonna say, there needs to be a bookended like trip right yeah. there. Yes. And that's how I do it. Like, I just, I'm like, you work really hard. You get to play really hard. I very yeah. much believe in rewarding yourself because it is the thing that keeps you motivated to keep working is like, yeah, I love my job, but I'm also like, okay, but I need to make money to go on my next trip. So <laughs> let's, let's do it. Let's, let's book a commercial. <laughs> exactly. Well, and actually I remember you had said, um, that the process of creating a second city main stage show was like really hard, like gut wrenching, yeah. like jokingly so, but maybe also not so jokingly. No, dead like, serious. <laughs> yeah. So I'm wondering, like, what made you keep coming back, like doing three shows? Like, what made you come back each time, other than money, I guess? But like, you know, <laughs> money. Because I mean, because you could have been paid. For, yeah, yeah, money. One money. <laughs> yeah. Fear yeah. of not having another job as good as that. Number yeah. two. Number three, I didn't feel like I was ready to go. Like after my third show, it was, I I could probably stick around for one more or I could leave on a high note. Mm. And so I went with leaving on a high note because Mm. the job is grueling. And it's so funny because a lot of people have a lot of opinions on Second City Mm. and sort of the Second City process and how people behave while they're at Second City. And for me, unless you've actually done that job, you have no leg to stand on. Mm -hmm. You can't comment. You can't judge. You have no idea how hard it is because people think it's just like, oh, yeah, you're just improvising. But what you don't realize is, yeah, you're improvising, but you're being asked to improvise about things you care about. And Mm -hmm. so then you're not only bringing up these feelings about topics and scenarios that you care deeply about, but you're also being critiqued on them and you're being told, well, that joke didn't land, but you're like, but that's sort of the whole point of the whole sketch. So I don't shit. So then does my experience not matter? Like it's a lot of invalidating Mm. feelings and feelings that just are inherent to making a show. Mm. Um, And so people, it, you are your worst self when you are at second city And nobody knows that unless you've done it. And so I hold a lot of space for people who have made mistakes. Unless we're talking about like (laughs) straight up abuse, then I don't have um, patience for that because I've been through it and I didn't abuse anyone. Um, But that's another topic that maybe we don't (laughs) want to talk about. (laughs) But like it's, it's, uh, it's so hard that job because Mm -hmm. you are every day, forced to bring your most authentic self mm-hmm. and you are being judged on that and mm-hmm. so it's every day you're being judged on things that are deeply personal and sometimes you have audiences that love it and eat you up and you feel seen and then sometimes you do a job for a, a show for like <laughs> I don't know uh, like an accountant company and everyone is coked out and like yelling take off your shirt and you just want to set the building on fire. <laughs> yeah, they're yelling, take off your shirt. And you're like, fuck, in the next scene, I have to take I... off all my clothes. Great. Girl, yes. Yes. Fuck. Yes. And then you're like, you go backstage and you're like, hey, by the way, we're cutting that scene from tonight. But then you're like, no, fuck <laughs> it, I'm going to do the scene. It would be such a mind fuck, 
I think for me to do like, I, I have such respect for people who go through that process because I can't imagine, like you said, coming in, well, I, I genuinely can't imagine, but the idea of coming in and basically the question on the table is like, who are you? What do you uniquely offer? Yes. Okay, perfect. We're going to take the essence of you and we're going to package it. And then we're going to compare it to the package of the person beside you. Uh, you know what? We're feeling like this one's better right now. Okay. Come in with 10 more ideas of who you are and what you believe in. And I'm 1, like, thousand percent like, and added, I can't imagine to added the pressure on of even if it wasn't a dream to be on the second city main stage for years, I mean, I'm sure for people, it was a goal for a little bit at least. Mm -hmm. And once you get it, it's exciting. So the added pressure of like, is this what it's like? Or like, yeah. is this what it's just like for me? Like, yeah. Wow. You, like people have yeah. no idea how difficult to and what it demands of you. And mm -hmm. that's why it, it's on, like only, only a few people get to know what that job is. Mm -hmm. And that's, sucks everyone should get a shot at it but it's also like <laughs> not everyone could actually do the job and I really really believe that <laughs> mm -hmm. now do I believe that people can be supported and um be given resources so that they can absolutely but there's also just like you have to know what you want out of yourself and out of your comedy to do that mm -hmm. job mm -hmm. well and I wonder so I, I also, I feel like I just keep quoting you, which like, maybe that's so weird, but no, I was just listening to like, I, I want to ask you about this and I want to ask you about this. Well, that's also the thing is I'm not going to be like, remember in 2016 when you had this pod, when you were on this podcast. Okay. So I'm just going to ask you about that. Like, no. Um, but you had said, you had shared that like being out on the second city main stage and performing a show and seeing someone in the audience who clearly feels so seen by you, by you in your performance, um, like makes so many, so much of it, like so worth it for you. Mm -hmm. I'm wondering like, what's a moment that you remember feeling so seen when you were watching a show? It could be TV, it could be a movie, it could be on stage, whatever, whatever comes to mind. I don't know if it was me feeling seen as much as it was me being like, this is what Second City could be. It was when I went to Chicago for the NBC Breakout Fest. Um, we I went with Brandon Hackett and Scott Yamamura after our uh, Bob Cur our first Bob Curry showcase. We got to go to Chicago and present uh, a couple of scenes for that showcase for NBC. And I also got to see for the very first time in real life a Second City ETC show. And it was um, Soul Brother, Where Art Thou? And it mm. is, to this day, one of the most like life-changing shows I've ever seen. Because it was the first time I had seen um, Rashawn Scott, who is an incredible alumni of Second City. Um, she does a scene where... Actually... All of the women in the, the cast, so Lisa Beasley and um, Carissa Barreca, they literally take off their clothing and, like, get into, like, onesies. And it was so, like, empowering. And the whole, that was just one scene, but, like, the whole show was so, like, in your face and so aggressive. And it wasn't, like, a Second City Toronto show, which is sometimes mm -hmm. a little bit more passive and less, like, mm -hmm. I don't care if I piss you off. Um, I didn't know it could be like that. I didn't know you could do a whole scene and not try to make a joke. Like, mm. it opened my eyes as to what I could do. And th so then I did feel seen because I was just about to start main stage in a couple of weeks. And I was like, 
that's what I want to do. That's what I want to bring to Toronto. This idea of like, I'm just going to be myself and I'm going to be powerful and I'm going to try to challenge my audience. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I saw a, a Second City show really challenge an audience. And um, I didn't look back from then. That really informed how I treated uh, my work at Second City, which was you don't have to laugh at me, but you have to at least think about what I'm saying. And I, mm. I think I managed to do that with the three shows that I did at least once uh, in each show. And so, and I completely attribute that to Soul Brother, that Second City wow. ETC show. Wow. And that's what made me be like, oh, women are taking off their clothes. I want to take off my clothes. <laughs> How am I going to take off my... I know. And then the the scene, which we've already referenced, which is Take It Off, where I just take off, like, it's a strip scene, but then I just peel off layers and layers and layers and layers and layers <laughs> of Spanx. Yeah. The, the, I have never felt more like a rock star than when I do that scene. And I see women all over the audience just being like, <laughs> losing it, losing it. The best is when like middle-aged white women are just like, they're, they're shaking, they're shaking. <laughs> and they're just like slapping their husbands. And they're just like, yeah, this is me. Like, you know, you, you know, you've done a good scene. If someone in the audience is like, yes, yes, yes. Like, like audibly speaking. That's, yeah. Yeah. Oh. God, that sounds so fucking rewarding. That is amazing. Yeah, and so, like, yeah, yeah. As much as it is, like, you hate it when creepy dudes are like, yeah, take off your shirt. And then the very next scene, you have to take off your shirt. Mm -hmm. Also, you're not... Even though I do take off my shirt, it's the least objectifying way possible. Like, I am fully in control of what's happening. And that, to me, is, like, the best, like, fuck you, buddy. It's like, (laughs) yeah, I'm gonna take off my shirt. But I'm yeah. gonna show. I'm gonna show you the layers, uh, literal layers yeah. of what it takes to be this. <laughs> and it's, well, and it's like I'm gonna take. Yeah, I am gonna take off my clothes layer by layer. But you and everyone else in this audience is gonna know it's not for you. It's for me and all the other people who are like seeing themselves. In yes, right now. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's, exactly. No, I didn't even think of that, and that's such a great. It's such a like. Oh, you want me to take off my clothes? Cool. Fuck you. Here I go. You know, yeah. like God, it must feel. Yeah, so empowering. Yeah. And we had a similar scene like that, too, in our third show with Alana Riak and Nadine DeJury, where we also strip off our clothes. I take my clothes off a lot on stage. (laughs) And that's me trying to force the world into like, hey, you have to look at my body. Sorry. Um, Not sorry. You're welcome. (laughs) You're you're welcome. welcome. You get to look at it. But in that, too, like the first couple of moments when we're just standing in our bra and our uh, shorts, the men are like, going crazy and and yeah. we let them go crazy until they're like uh why haven't they said anything <laughs> and then we get into a scene that's literally turning our bodies t- shifting it from the objective of the the objectifying gaze into like hey you you love these boobs well guess what it, my back hurts and this one is bigger than the other and it's <laughs> yeah. constantly popping out oops yeah. and there's a real like well that's not sexy anymore <laughs> it's a real it's a real nice feminist like suck it yeah oh I, I love, love that, that. I think I saw that show with my dad and I remember we were just like cheering along yeah. yeah I think it was that show it was a show you were in and I'm trying to remember which of the three but I think it was that one because I think he was with me 
Yeah, it was wonderful. Anyway, yeah. yeah, I loved it. Um, I know often at Second City, uh, you guys get some celebrities popping by. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering what celebrity was the most different than you thought they were going to be? I, okay. Mm-hmm. What's his name? Oh, I'm going to be such a, the drummer from Green yep. Day. Oh, So gosh. it's not Wait. Billy Joe I, Armstrong. It's. No. Let me Google like, it. Drummer from, and you know what? Listeners, if you can oh, hear I can me, see listen, him. we're doing it all. Okay. It just shows three names. It shows, wait, Trey Cool. Oh my gosh. I think I lost you. And? Ah, technical difficulties. Aren't they fun? While I try and figure out what happened and get reconnected with Anne, I want to take this time to thank a few people who helped make this episode possible. A big shout out to Shehang Ma, Tracy Hamilton, Matt Ardell, David Guthrie, and Stephanie Rice for their help this week. I really appreciate it. Okay, now back to chatting with Anne. Um, and we're back from possible technical difficulties, but we don't know if it's even a difficulty and it's just opportunities for getting, for growing. Yes, it was so. a learning moment and we yeah. take it. We say, thank you, universe. You can't thank hold you. us down. No, you know what the universe gifted me is like a little 10 second conversation off air with Anne while we figured everything out. And that was beautiful. And we got talked to chat. Talked about bras. Talked, talked about, about bras. bras. We talked yep. about bras. We talked, exactly, bra fittings. Um, <laughs> the real well, racy I, stuff. The real, <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's in like the Patreon bonus episodes. <laughs> do you have a Patreon? I do not because I don't okay. understand it. Baller. I would have been so like, wow, I wish <laughs> no. I could have one. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't fully understand it. And also, here's the other thing. I thought about a Patreon. I'm like, well, what would I offer? And then immediately I was like, Amanda, we don't talk to ourselves that, that way anymore. We have a lot to offer. So now, no, you're not going to talk about like you have nothing to offer the world. But then I'm also like, I, I'm not at that point yet. <laughs> it's so funny because I keep asking my friends, I'm like, can I start an OnlyFans? Except I don't show my boobs. I just talk shit about people openly. <laughs> and I name names. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like a lot of people would sign up for Absolutely. your fans only without even knowing what it was. Like not even knowing what they're in for. I would sign up for your OnlyFans. Fan only? OnlyFans? OnlyFans? I don't know. Only yeah, OnlyFans. Yeah. Only yeah. fans. Well, it might still happen. I don't have jobs and I keep saying no to auditions because I'm a very bad actor. <laughs> I keep being like, oh, I don't feel oh. like do I don't feel like getting up today. Carly, I can't. I don't wanna. So ow. bad. Ow. Ow. Life ow. Uh, Sometimes yeah. It's so funny. I have such a love-hate relationship because like I get I, I'm like, oh, I want an audition so bad. And then you get one and there's always this tiny bit of dread of like, oh, okay. And then I think this is all you wanted. Like what is going yeah. regulate your roller yeah. coaster of emotions. Like absolutely. And then I'll do the self tape. And in the beginning, I'm like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Then I get into the groove. Oh my God, this is so fun. So like, fun. I'm loving, this, loving it. And then I send it off being like, Oh my God, like SNL call me. And then I hear nothing. I'm like, nothing. great. Great. Now we're back again. Yeah. And I'm a piece of shit. And then I think, okay, no, next time, listen, you can do this. And then I wait for a self-tape or an audition, and then it happens all over again. Yeah. <laughs> See, the these cycle. are the things that we do not post on yes. Instagram. We don't post the things that we're like, 
I yes. had food in my teeth, that whole self-tape. Ugh, <laughs> I'm not redoing it. I'm sending it. Oh, yes, that's so true. Yeah, just, it's like, oh, it's just going. Or like, oh, I, misinter- I misinterpreted this entire character. It's a choice. Here we go. That's my artistic <laughs> voice. There you yep. go. Yep, there it is. Um, okay, well, before our technical opportunity that we were given. Um, what a we wonderful were t- way of putting it. <laughs> Technical opportunity. We're a technical opportunity for growth, connection, and learning. Um, <laughs> I was asking you about um, at Second City on the main stage. Often you have celebrities come visit, and um, I had asked you. And sorry, if the, no, I'm not sorry. I was about to be like, sorry if this wasn't a technical opportunity because then you're rehearing the question. But I deserve this real estate right now in this. Yes. In this. In this. Take up podcast. space. Yeah, we're taking up space here. Um, <laughs> celebrities come, and I was wondering which celebrity was the most different than what you thought they were going to be. At yes, uh, that would definitely go to Trey Cool of uh, Green Day, and it was just because like he was so nice, and he Aww. was like he loved the show. Like sometimes when we like, first of all, I didn't meet that many people, but I did meet a Blue Jay, so that's all that matters. <gasps> And you, huge fan, right? Of Blue huge Jays? fan. Like massive. Huge fan. Like yes. huge. And I like, this is another story, but I, I fell into my locker and cried five <laughs> minutes before the start of the show because our stage manager, Meg McGuire, was like, do you guys want to know if there's someone famous in the audience? And we were like, yes. And she just looks at me and she's like, uh, she you should sit down. <laughs> she knew. No, and she then I knew. started, I was, cr- I was hysterical. <laughs> anyway, it was Kevin Pillar, uh, best day of my life. Anyways, Trey oh. Cool. Trey, back to Trey. Yeah. Back Trey to Trey Cool. cool yeah, the drummer Trey. from Green yep. Day. Like, because when celebrities come backstage, sometimes they don't care at all. And they're like, yeah, yeah. We know that this is only for a photo, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But he was just so genuinely like, whoa, that was so cool. You guys, I don't know how you do it. It's amazing. Like, he was just so positive and so nice. And he was touring with Green Day and he had the night off. Um, and the next stop on their tour was going to be, uh, like Montreal and then Chicago, but Mm. the cast of that show was also going to Chicago. So we were, he was talking about how like the next tour dates, uh, they're going to end in Chicago in a couple of days. And we were like, wait, we're going to be in Chicago too. He's like, no way. Let me get you guys tickets. When are you going to be there? And I was like, are we actually going to get to see Green Day live because Trey Cool saw Second City? But yeah. our days did not overlap. Oh. Like, we were going there Friday. They were there on Wednesday. But Such he, is the plight of the traveling superstar. Truly. And he, like, no. he was so, so friendly. And, like, he had minimal entourage. He just had, I guess, his manager or girlfriend. Who knows? Mm. And she was like, <laughs> he loved the show. <laughs> like, he really enjoyed the show. And I thought that was so nice because, like, he was... He wasn't too cool to be excited. And I love when people, especially celebrities, but just people in general, they're Mm. not too cool to show enthusiasm and joy because I find a Mm. lot of the times we're too, yeah, that's really cool because we don't want to look like we're super excited about something. But I think the expression of joy. Yeah, express your joy. Do it. And he did and I thought that was awesome. That is that's Trey Cool. No, is this why I'm unemployed? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm so sorry. Is a hello the phone? Um, there, I, I just got a phone call. Another technical opportunity. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I would love to ask you about, um, okay, so a few months ago, I, yeah, time is a vacuum. This yeah, could be wrong that it's not a few months ago. Um, 
I reached out to you because I read a series of tweets that you tweeted about Second City. Mm-hmm. Uh, may I ask you about that? Of course. Okay. I mean, I tweeted um, about it. <laughs> I obviously don't have a problem with people oh knowing my what I God, think. That is such a good freaking point, Anne. You know? Oh, yeah. I, part of me is like, um, are you, are you do okay? you feel comfortable? Are yeah, you, man. And you're like, I fucking tweeted it to the world. Uh, I, I knew what I was followers doing. And I tweeted it. Um, okay, so I'm torn because I don't want to ask you to, um, like, synopsize synopsize the tweets I also don't want to put word I know I'm sorry I don't know if that's a word I also don't want to put words in your mouth um would you mind sharing just sort of why you wanted to share that tweet yeah so basically I what even was the tweet about oh it was just about (laughs) again like my mind doesn't work I don't remember what I was actually (laughs) saying what did I say (laughs) basically I wrote the tweet because I saw um, a comic that I have a lot of respect for in Chicago slash LA. His name is Dwayne Perkins. I'd met him one or two times when I went down to Chicago and he's such a funny person and he was uh, part of the Second City system in Chicago and when the whole Black Lives Matter came up, again, because it's been coming up many times and Mm -hmm. uh, we as a society just keep failing to listen, but this time we did. He, uh, after the very, very unfortunate murder Murder, of George Floyd, he, the the topic of, um, you know, race relations and equity in workplaces came up and he tweeted about his experience at Second City. And at first Mm -hmm. I was like, it's not my turn to speak. It is, we should be listening to black voices, indigenous voices. Like I am a woman of color, but I also know that my experience does not even come close to comparing to that of a black person or an indigenous uh, person. So I was very like, okay, just retweet it. You don't have to say anything. uh, Elevate that voice. Mm. And then I was just like, and then I slept, I, I slept on it. And then I was, and then I woke up feeling like, no what you experienced is valid and it deserves the light of day and it deserves people to read about it and to see it. Uh, I, and I mean that as like the general public deserves to know this, the company deserves to know this mm-hmm. um, people who I work with deserve to know this because it was very much outlining the different ways in which I was othered at, my job and this is a job that I loved like I loved working at Second City I loved my time there it was so so difficult but it also opened up so many things for me and so it was really difficult to be like do I really want to burn this bridge of a place that I actually really enjoyed working at Mm -hmm. aside from you know the casual um (laughs) bias racial biases that exist in us in a company and I was like you know what yeah because I know that I'm not the only person with these experiences. And if I say something, maybe someone else will feel comfortable to share their story. And Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of what I try to do in my work in comedy is to be an advocate. Because like we've said before in this podcast, I am mean and loud. (laughs) And I generally don't care if you don't like me Mm -hmm. because I think that what I have to say isn't untrue and it's not 
on the wrong side of history. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a fool. Um, I know what goes on and I know what's right and what's wrong. And ha- and being a woman of color, I see things in a different lens. Mm-hmm. And so I try very hard in my work to make sure that I speak up for myself because I know that if I don't, someone else that'll come after me is their job will be that much harder if I don't say that this isn't right. And there was never any outward hostility or like racial profiling. Like I never really had it that bad, but that's what I would say to myself. But when I sort of like thought back on my time there and read my diary and my journal Mm -hmm. entries, I would read, oh, you had a really hard time and it wasn't totally bad, but it could have been avoided and it could have Mm -hmm. not happened. So if you say something now, maybe it won't happen again like this to someone else. And so that's why I sort of went and spoke about my experiences in the hope that A, someone would feel like they could share their story or B, if they didn't feel comfortable, then just having the words see the light of day, maybe it means that someone won't have to go through what I did. Mm-hmm. And I it I don't think I started anything. I really do think a lot of this Chicago Second City alumni and um, former and current employees really started this uh, movement about ex- not exposing, but I guess exposing the company's accidental, on purpose, who knows, uh, behaviors that were exclusive and unsupportive to the BIPOC community and mm-hmm. the LGBTQIA uh, plus community as well. Um, and so just, I really wanted to speak to that because if I don't, who will? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, I am a bit of a leader in this community, whether or not you buy into it, but I, I, I know the privilege that I have. And when I speak, it is very, I feel very fortunate that people do listen and I don't take that for granted. And I want to use my power and my status to help change things for the better. Mm -hmm. And so that was to me like a no brainer way of doing it because Mm -hmm. it was backing up a movement that needed to be backed up. And if my experience as a woman of color can add to that, then I'll do it. And I, not to, not coming from a place of, well, I had it just as bad. I didn't. I really didn't. Um, but I didn't have it easy. And I think all of the things that I went through could have easily been avoided if we were aware of, you know, unconscious bias and things like that. Things that we do- didn't talk about really last year or even six months ago, but we now have vocabulary for. Mm-hmm. I think it's... Um... I think also there's something to be said about like that it's when you're given the message or when you're taught by whoever um, that you need to compromise or like when it's in your brain that you need to normalize all of this or that it needs to it's it's amazing how much you can tolerate. And so I think that threshold for, well, how bad does it have to be before it's bad enough that it's valid is like that threshold's a little too high. Yes. Especially. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think it has to be the worst, the quote unquote, the worst thing that could happen in, in whatever that means to you in order for it to be worth raising concern about. Yeah. yeah. And it's because like, I do have a high tolerance. Like I'll take a lot of shit in my professional life because I'm a fucking professional. Uh, like mm-hmm. I'm not going to let one shitty cast member 
ruin like my whole gig like Mm -hmm. they don't mean that much to me yeah yeah. (laughs) like I'd rather (laughs) I know how lucky I am to have this job and that's Mm -hmm. another thing right like this job was so hard to get I Mm -hmm. I waited five years for this job I worked for five years until I got recognized Mm -hmm. which in itself is like I wonder why a woman of color had to wait five years when Mm-hmm. I see a lot of people who I was as good as uh, succeed. And that's mm-hmm. not to say, again, that I should have been there. But I was also like, well, why aren't I there? Yeah. And it's less yeah. about you don't deserve to be there. I do. And it's more about what what am I not doing that you are? Because mm-hmm. to me, I'm like, I'm doing the same thing that everyone else was, but I wasn't getting promoted. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like, it's a job and because it's a job, we take a lot of shit because we're afraid to lose our job. But Mm -hmm. at this point, I don't, I don't need to work there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But listen, I still think, I mean, I just still saw it as like, the first thing I thought was like, holy fuck, that would be scary to tweet and fucking kudos for you doing it. Whether you, whether you're working there now or not, or whether you want to work there in the future or not, there is a lot to lose it's easy to focus on that instead of what could potentially be gained for yourself or others and I just thought it was so yeah I just thought it was fucking awesome that you did that I I really do so I yeah I really wanted to touch upon that Um, yeah and like I I can take it and you know it's consistent it would be it's also consistent of me to speak up like I Mm -hmm. I didn't just take shit when I was working there or anywhere really Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I did advocate for myself and I had to do it a lot but I it was important to me to do that and for me tweeting about it again well after the fact giving it more light giving it more eyes Mm. was no different from me going to the producer to be like why is my understudy a thin white woman? Do you mm. understand what that actually means? Mm-hmm. You can't do that. And what that, that sort of says, like what messages that sends or what to, even just to you, like what yeah. messages that sends to you about. You don't yeah. see my material for what it is. And that is like, this is a very specific point of view. And that is my mm-hmm. point of view. Mm-hmm. And that of a beautiful white woman is mm-hmm. not going to like, they would not have come up with the same material as me. So mm-hmm. please respect that. And mm-hmm. again, it wasn't out of malice. It was just out of a, Oh, I didn't even think about it that way. Mm-hmm. Of course, someone who looks like you would have a different perspective and say things in this scene. Like, even if the scene has nothing to do with my race or my gender or my size, I still bring my truth to it. And mm-hmm. um, you have to honor that. If you if what if they're going to be strict about like understudies have to respect the material and you have to deliver it exactly as it is delivered, which is what we're told as understudies, then you can't also then say, oh, yeah, but anyone can do your part. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense. That, And I'm mm-hmm. going to call you out on that. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I've, and I've been saying it for a while, and I just felt like, well, say it again, and this might be the last time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, especially like we said, if you're in this pressure cooker of like, okay, what do you uniquely bring to the table? And we're going to package it. Here we go. And then later you're like, wait a second. During – the process of making this show my unique voice mattered so much and I had to spend so much time figuring it out and now you don't you can just throw it out the window and put anyone you want in there like that does not make sense yeah 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 Yeah. and anyone can see that that's illogical (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah yeah oh well oh and you're just so wonderful I genuinely am like I would I'm just gonna later I'm just gonna hit you up and be like hey 
take some time to think about it. What is your rate for being a life coach? And like, let me know. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) no, I just, I should not take anyone's money. I should not be telling anyone what to do and I can't take money for it. (laughs) You're like, I don't even want to do it for free because liability, I'm not doing that. Absolutely. I don't need anyone else's mess on my hand. I have my own. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. Um, Well, to wrap up, I would love to just ask you like a couple sort of quick questions to get to know you a little bit. Although I feel like I've gotten to know you over this and like, it's really lovely. I share a lot. Hey, it's a dream for a podcast host to have a guest who shares a lot. So that's I'm an wonderful. Open book. You know what yeah. I mean? I'm just like, mm-hmm. it, just present it. I don't just why not? Mm, you know, why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not be open? Okay. So, okay. Um, oh, what's something you love that other people think is gross? <sighs> oh. <laughs> Look at that smile. <laughs> my, my choice of men. <laughs> oh, that's such a good one you know oh what I mean I'm God. just like I, I have absolutely like had crushes on real people and my friends are like what why <laughs> like, no. and I'm like mm, I don't know <laughs> because I don't know he's cute I like him because he's butterflies I don't know love <laughs> oh is love God, such a good one um, choice of men truly <laughs> choice of men that's so good um Oh, I was thinking of Pop-Tarts the other day while I was research. I was like, I really want Pop-Tarts. And so then I started thinking, okay, what is a snack from your childhood that you still like really love? Uh, Pocky. <laughs> the st- the, uh, there are the sticks, the sticks, right? What's your favorite um, flavor that it's dipped in? Oh, chocolate. I- I've never had one. Uh, I want one. I want to try you the strawberry haven't? too. I feel like it looks really pretty. No, I, I haven't had one. I bet you it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, if you like <laughs> strawberry, I bet you it's delicious. I love chocolate. Like I, mm. I will always go for savory over sweet unless mm. it's chocolate. Like I love chocolate. Yes. I literally like I just today coffee. while doing research was just like sitting here. <gasps> I don't know why there's any left <sighs> in the bag. Honestly, they're you probably know what melted. Is but such a good chocolate bar that I haven't that I didn't have in my childhood. It's did you know that M and M's makes chocolate bars now? And it has little M&M pieces in it. Yes. I've never had one, but I saw that at the grocery store. The the blue version. So like the cookie, I don't, the cookie M&M's, cookie M&M's are like, and they cookie have been M&Ms. long. They were a thing maybe in the, like when I was around 25, because I remember going to New York and going to like the M&M store and like getting huge bags of the cookie yes. M&M's because they weren't available in Canada. But those were... My so the inside favorite. is cookie? Is that what it is? Like it's so like a it's crumbles? A cho- yeah. yeah. Like so the M&M version of it? Yes. There's cookie inside and then there's oh. the chocolate and then there's the shell. But like this chocolate bar is like just a full chocolate bar. But then there's also like M&M scattered throughout. It's oh. so good. I love, I love that. Yeah. M&M, M&Ms are like. I love M&Ms. Jam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that sounds so good. I've, I'm going to now look for the cookie because I've never even seen that. And I want to good luck. Let me know. So bad. The <laughs> yeah. caramel ones I'll are pretty good too. I'll be shipping it too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Please. yes. Oh, so good. so good. I, I remember going through a phase. This is, okay, here's a hot tip. Yeah. Um, if you ever love a treat, tell everyone. Post about it. Tweet about it. Put it on your Facebook. Because people will remember. And I remember I was like, I wouldn't shut up about caramel M&Ms for like a full month on my social media. And for three months after that, people kept giving me caramel oh. M&M's. Because they were like, oh, I saw these and I thought of you here. And I was like, thank oh you. Oh my God, that is fucking genius. 
It's the best. Also, like, I don't know if you saw a few days ago on my Instagram, but like <laughs> Norm Souza, who moved to LA, he's he was a Toronto comedian. He is a comedian, but he used to live in Toronto, now he's in LA. <laughs> and Mark Andrada, mm. they both sent me noodles, and I was just like, because I complained that no one was sending me noodles, and then Aww. I got two free noodles all on Saturday, and it was like <laughs> the best. So uh, I know that's not the question, but my hot tip for everyone is yes. publicly state what you want and your friends will get it to you. <laughs> okay, I'm officially complaining and letting everyone know that I love the um, the brand is Oh My Gods. They're like a bag of like chocolate cookie stuff and the dark chocolate one. Oh, oh. like the clusters, right? The clusters. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh My God clusters. I'm putting it out there. And if yes. anyone's going to send you something, what do you want to be sent right now? <sighs> this is a lot I know, I know. This it's is a an, lot of pressure. This is the most important question I've ever been asked in my whole it life. It really is. It's so going to dictate like the next month for you. I'm going to say money. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the taste of money. I, I really love like the crisp taste of hundred dollar bills. I love the smell of maple. Please mm. send me money. <laughs> okay, but is there any truth to our money smelling like maple? But yes. maple syrup. Is that really a thing, or were we just stupid gullible kids who were like, "Hey, sniff money." <laughs> Honestly, I I was going to be like, I wish I had money to smell. But like, that sounds so sad. I just mean in my desk area. No, I, I have money. Yeah. No, I, like, I no. haven't had cash since March. No. Yeah. Nobody oh, wants cash. Well, then I started serving and they give me money for my tips. You know what I did? I put it in a Ziploc bag. I come home. I put it in a jar, wash my hands. And I'm like, that's going to sit there till we get a vaccine. And then we'll see how much money I have from that because I'm not touching Lysol. that. all. I know I could just Lysol in the in the little jar, or know. you know what you know what to do in the jar, put a bunch of water in it, put fucking dish detergent and shake it around because that's what really breaks like shit up, right? And I didn't even fucking clue in that like it's plastic. Yeah. <laughs> like, here I was like I'm gonna yeah. ruin money. Like no, I won't. That oh might go through the wash. I could just leave it. That's exactly. Oh my god, I didn't even think of that. That's what I should oh, put do. Put it in the washing machine. <laughs> just maybe put I should it in just a like. <laughs> Yeah, just put it. Maybe I should just have a bath with it. Like just lay in all my money, but like all the soap. Hi, can you send me money so that I can bathe in it? Could you send me money so I could have a bath with COVID bacteria? I guess I need to wash it and then have a bath and then it's like not. Then it's not not helping. Pure Scrooge McDuck swimming in a pool of coins and money, but it's just you disinfecting five ten dollar bills. Yeah, I'll just I'll be in a bath and then I'll Lysol a five dollar bill and then I'll drop it in the bath with me just for like a second wash. I will never feel as glamorous. That will be your Patreon account. That's what okay. you have to offer: money baths. Money baths. Um, are you sure you don't want to choose something edible for people to send you along with money? I will. I'm just never give you the option. Say no to noodles. Mm. I love noodles. 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 Okay. Noodles. Okay. That's it. Do you have a, a type of noodle that's the favorite? No, I don't discriminate. No. All, <laughs> all the noodles. I love all. it. I love it. All the noodles. All the noodles. Italian, <laughs> Thai, Vietnamese, Chinese, Japanese. I'll take it all. Oh, now I'm hungry. My partner and I, I make know, right? really this really yummy um, ramen recipe in an Instapot. And like, oh, it's Ooh. so good. I need to do that. Yes. Do you have an Instant Pot? He bought me no, one. And then we made but I together. want one now. <gasps> yes. That's love. It's so- <laughs> That's love. <laughs> so yummy. Now that he leaves, That's now all I, I do is I'm like, oh, I put in like, oh, I'll just put like an egg on some rice and I'll eat that now and put some something on it because when he's on here I'm like I don't we don't live together and like 
when I'm here just making it for myself, I'm like, eh, who cares? Make some toast. Oh, yeah. Whatever. Other yeah. than the new, like, I would have been eating craft dinner like a real dog this whole weekend if <laughs> yeah. those two hadn't sent me <laughs> so many noodles. noodles. <laughs> yeah. Like, now I have to cook these. I have to. <sighs> yeah. Um, okay. And my last question, what are three adjectives that you would want your friends to use to, sub- to describe you? <laughs> Just subscribe you. I was like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, this is. This oh, is no, gonna, what? This is going to tell it all. <laughs> Rich. Oh, I love this. Is this is like me wanting this for myself, right? Yes, so I'm just yeah. going to aspire to how I want to be described. Yes. Rich. Rich. Generous. And fun. Those oh, things. Fuck, I love those. Yeah. Rich, generous, and fun. Because what's I money feel like if I already not to spend you. things on? Yeah. You know? Oh my god. Buy it's like Zac Efron. You and Zac Efron would get along so well. See? <laughs> oh I my just, god. Like, I'm so I'm blushing. Like, do you think he's gonna watch this? <laughs> yes. Do you think Zach Efron's gonna listen to this? Yes, I do. I think well, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just spam him. I'll just spam, <laughs> spam, spam. And I feel like you're already so generous. And oh. I feel like you're already fun. And so I don't know if you're rich, but we're gonna get that. I'm going. not. <laughs> well, I live we're with gonna, my parents. Well, mm-hmm. listen, we're gonna you could be rich and living there. You're just like, I'm just, you're, you just pan down. You're, you're right. like, I'm just sitting on money. You're back. You're like, how did she know that- I bathe with money every night? <laughs> Who told her my secret? Her? Did I, what like, podcast did I talk about that on? <laughs> yeah. She clearly stalked me on every podcast. Which one did she stay? Oh my I God. I feel like I've only so done fun. three of them, so it's fine. Yes. What did I listen to? I think I, oh, I think I listened to three. No, I listened to four. Hmm. Well, like, but also, well, also, I was gonna say, like, also, I was gonna say, this is like from 2016 onwards that I think oh, I like I looked them up. So it's okay if you don't remember all of the ones that you've been on. It's been, I don't remember yesterday. Like, me neither. Like yeah, the fact I that I've w- the fact that we were both able to have a coherent conversation <laughs> for this long. Yeah. Like my verbal skills have gone. T- it is. I am truly, like. N- I have devolved into whatever the previous yes. version of humans are. I, my brain <laughs> yeah. doesn't work. So this has been refreshing. <laughs> oh, it's been refreshing for me too. Thank you so much, Anne, for taking the time to chat tonight and being of so course. up to roll with the punches of the technical opportunities. Opportunities, um, yes. Opportunities. <laughs> and oh, it was just like, it was really, really nice to get to sit down and like get to know you today. So Aww, thank, thank you. you. So much we'll for do this, this again over a real drink and not in front of a screen. A computer that could yeah. like freeze and then I don't get to see you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Freeze <laughs> while I'm just like, Trey Cool. It was it Trey Cool. <laughs> oh, so funny. And I love that you sent me that photo that like we happen to both be frozen on the screen in the same position. So I am going to be like uploading that on Instagram or something it's, to show people. I love that photo. I think it's such a cute it's photo. Great. <laughs> it is a cute photo. It shows yeah. that we were like in sync even though we didn't even know it. Yeah. It's so cute. I loved it. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Liquid Courage podcast. If you liked what you heard, please help me out by leaving a rating or a comment on your Apple podcast app or on YouTube or wherever you might be listening from. And if you're like me and you have an awful memory or you just don't want to have to remember when the next episode comes out, hit that subscribe button and the newest episode will automatically download for you. Just like magic. 
I love it. <laughs> you can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Liquid Courage Podcast and on Twitter at Liquid C Podcast. And if you're still listening, I want to remind you that a pandemic is still taking place. And I don't say that to be a buzzkill or to scare you, but to ask you to please, please continue or start wearing your mask when you're out of your house and around other people. We should be treating people how we want to be treated. And if you want to be safe and healthy, respect the health and safety of the people around you. Please. Thanks again for listening. It means the world to me. Stay safe and take care. Thank you.